right, welcome back into the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network. With Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. David Ash helping us out, show intern. And Hour 2 is brought to you by Allison Insurance. Health insurance, life insurance, Medicare supplements, HAs, HASs, and more. Bob and Robert Allison, 405-745-2968. There's some really good stuff on the text line. There is um, there is a little bit of a concerning note that has just been brought to my attention. Uh-oh, what's that? Well, Josh, there is a new NIL association. And the 580 has brought this up. Please tell me you all have seen the General Booty underwear video. Is it pretty good? No, it's terrible. <laughs> you know what? I'll have to uh I'll have to have some more reviews before I guess I dog it too terribly much. I don't know. To each their own. Well done on General Booty, who has worked himself from a fourth string quarterback, maybe fifth, to a dude that because of his name is landing some pretty decent NIL deals. <laughs> Have, did you find it? Are you looking at it right now? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> Sir, you need to, or ma'am, you need to give yourself a name for the 580. That's just too fantastic to be brought up. Just too fantastic. Uh, 580 writes, if OU could land Stone, McKinley, Smith, Okoye, and Jackson, would that be the best D-line haul in OU history? Uh, it's from the 918 in Bixby. I was to believe that Jaden Hazelwood – I've already forgotten the other two receivers. Nick Anderson? No, 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 no. no. The, the, the five-star class oh, of Dennis Simmons signed. Not Jaden Gibson. Theo Weiss. Yes, and Trajan Bridges. And Trajan Bridges. I I would tend to woe down on the greatest ever. But, but, it'd be pretty cool, man. Be pretty cool. I will also add... I dig that these guys are just getting after it, trying to recruit each other. I think that is awesome. Did you? I, I don't pretend to truly understand the the what's and the why's behind a lot of the different composite rankings. So I'm not. You always have to learn me up a little bit. Sure. But in the 24/7 composite rankings, okay, as uh, I saw retweeted by one. Alan Kinney at blatant homerism this morning. It would lead you to believe that Oklahoma is doing very well in the talent category, which according to the 2023 and maybe Travis could help me with this too. I know that, that he and Parker live in this world. The 2023 team talent composite Oklahoma was ranked ninth nationally. And apparently in the sec, the new look sec, they would be sixth. In the total team composite rankings, that seems pretty awesome to, to me. Over the last how many cycles does it include? That is a good-looking question. Probably like I four. Said. Right? I, do, I do not understand the work that's been shown. <laughs> but 
I, I would assume that's At it. any rate, they evaluated everybody under the same criteria. Oklahoma's sixth in the SEC, right. ninth nationally. I mean, that just – the talent-rich rosters in the SEC, welcome to the party. With Next the 2023 season. season underway, 24-7 sports released. It's nearly – a metric that examines and ranks every FBS team's based on how their players were rated in high school, accounting for transfers, dismissals, and other early departures. So, in other words, you know, Bothroyd, who came in as a three-star guy, I think, let's say they had lost a five-star, that would probably hurt it. But if you're just, you know, you're losing a two- or three-star. Now, they re-rank guys in the transfer portal. So. Oh, do they? Okay. Well, that even adds them more confusion. Who has time to do all of this, I man? Don't, I don't know, man. But And I'm assuming they're using the transfer portal ranking for transfer portal additions. Every national champion ranked within the top ten of the rankings and every title winner but one 2016 Clemson ranked within the top six. So, According to this new according metric? According to this metric right here. Now, there's, there's positives, right? We mentioned Oklahoma finds themselves ninth nationally, and that's, that's impressive. But it, it, Texas is also higher in these rankings, too. So I don't, I don't really know. I don't really know what to make of it. They ranked 11th when the team talent composite, uh, comp, composite debuted and have never ranked worse than 13th. No matter the coach, no matter the situation, Texas has been a top 13 team in the composite rankings as far as talent on your roster. And they have had, what, one 10-win season in that stretch? The final since Texas isn't where Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia are at every year from a talent perspective, but they're now within striking distance. The Longhorns have the talent necessary to compete for a national title. Well, I would say if you're in that top 15, you got a chance. You're in that, ri- you're in that list. So here's the top 10. Even though top six is who's won it. Fair point. Alabama won, followed by Georgia, Ohio State, Texas A&M, and Clemson in the top five. Six through 10, Texas, LSU, USC, Oklahoma, and number 10 is Oregon. Notre Dame checks in at eleven. The next highest-ranked Big 12 team on this list after Oklahoma at 9 is TCU at 19, followed by, I guess, Utah is there at 33. Oh, man, you got to go way down. Texas Tech at 40 is the next highest-ranked Big 12 team on that list. Too much for you? Composite rankings? Does it, it verifies they're getting highly-ranked dudes, right? It does, and I would imagine if Oklahoma continues down the path that it looks like it's going down, mm-hmm. then they're going to be higher than ninth these next couple of years because mm-hmm. the way they're recruiting right now, Plank, it's it's better than they ever have before. And, oh, by the way, there's still work to be done in this class. So, no, that's I think that's encouraging. I mean, it, it sort of describes what I would suspect, which is Oklahoma's got talent on this roster. It's got – Certainly a lot better talent than six and seven right. from last season. 
and yet there's still ground to be made up, right? I mean, in that kind of sort of the consensus view we've all sort of shared. Agreed. Agreed. So let's hear a little bit, speaking of talent, from Brent Venables. And during his weekly press conference yesterday, Coach opened up to questions. No opening statement, questions. And he started by answering a question about Ty Wee Walker, which for a lot of us maybe helped understand certain things in the depth chart. Again, he, he's he been really uh, consistent, uh, physical, available. What just happened? Let's try that again. Again, he, he's been really uh, consistent, uh, physical, available, which is your best ability is availability. Uh, he's just been a, a guy that you can count on. You know, very, really dependable, tough, physical, does a lot of the little things right, and uh, he plays really strong behind his pads and has always fallen forward. So those are the reasons why he's created opportunity for himself. And again, we've had some guys that are limited, you know, here and there, nothing uh, long term, but that's created opportunity for him. He's taken he's taken advantage of it. You know, I think that's the biggest thing, not an indictment on really anybody else, uh, other than it's a statement to to really what he's done uh, with the work that he's put in and his productivity with the opportunities he's been, he's been given. So almost in a lot of ways, Josh, a verification that there has been some issues with health at that position. Indeed. I don't think that – I don't – it's such a double-edged sword, right? Because there's a part of you that's like, well, if Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk, if indeed they were the ones missing camp, you, you believe if they were healthy, they'd be up there. But to his credit, he's taken advantage of the opportunity in front of him. So – it's, it's like this double-edged sword to where it's like, well, is he the best running back? Ah, maybe not. But because he's been out there and because he's been making plays, he's going to get that chance. And then, you know, the rest the rest is history. Yeah, and you don't want to take it away from either. I mean, look, he's atop the depth chart with Marcus Major. So if you're going to say that it's legit with Marcus Major, then you better say it's legit with Tawi Walker. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, just one, one other quick thought on it. Because we have spent way, way, way too much time probably talking about this. I would say the excitement about the future of this position is is the term palpable. The excitement about this position is absolutely palpable. And understandably so. I mentioned earlier, I saw the least talked about dude at the running back position. I saw uh, Dylan Smothers running yesterday. Dude looks awesome. Right? I mean, I, I look, I'm like, wow, that's a freshman. I mean, hell, because he wasn't on the depth chart, I'm like, is that, is that the Marcus Hicks guy? Is it, that's how good he looked to me, Josh. So you can't even imagine then how impressive some of these other guys have been in stints because those two dudes aren't even on the depth chart yet. Yes, I get it, they're freshmen. I understand. You don't have to, you don't have to be, oh, but they're freshmen. I understand. But it just, to me kind of makes me excited about not just today but tomorrow and then what everyone tells me is coming on the recruiting side of Tatum, things. Robinson. Just, and I've watched Robinson play. Holy smokes. <laughs> Stiff-arming guys uh, left and right. 
Can we move on from running back? Is this my fault? Is it me just bringing up running backs? Is this a me thing? It's an us thing. Us thing? Okay. I'll get into that – I'll get into that uh, accountability with no, you. No, no, no. But it's it's it truly is one of the most fascinating things I think from from yesterday. All right, quick break. We've got nonstop, nonstop. Brent Venables next, right here on the ref. We're going to talk crosstown clash. Justin Jones, Norman North head football coach, right around the corner, and he will be uh, by day's end sick of me. There's no doubt. We got the Norman North football show out at Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, Norman North fans, come on out and see us. Buffalo Wild Wings in Norman right off of Highway 9. And, of course, Buffalo Wild Wings, we love B-dubs. It's uh, the location for all of our KREF Sports TV coaches shows. I'll try and – I know we got a calendar around here somewhere. I can figure out what the other shows tonight uh, look like. You've got Edmund Santa Fe football tonight? Yeah, David's got that. So, at any rate, it, uh, we got all sorts of high school coverage. KRFSports.tv. Check it out. Tomorrow night. Wait, is tomorrow Thursday? Tomorrow's Thursday, Crosstown Clash. Yeah, we'll see you at Owen Field. Tra- um, dude's name does the afternoon show with Teddy. Sits right over here. Tyler McComas. I've heard, I've heard all his conversations today. Tyler McComas does a fantastic job with populating our Twitter feed with news, notes, historical references, and much more. Yesterday, I thought... He absolutely hit on the head one of what I thought was the most interesting moment in yesterday's presser. I just didn't want you guys to be talking bad about me and me hear it. I'll curl into a little ball. Brent Venables was asked about like things he would change or things he plans on doing different in year two. Now, he's been asked about this on several occasions. I think you know it's part of the Boyd Street preview, which is coming out here, gosh, in a couple of days where he talks about, well, everything, (laughs) everything. But I thought this specific was fascinating and had me thinking all night long. Oh, wait for it. Hold on. I think this is muted, unmute site, and go. Kind of being involved isn't, to me, isn't uh, where I need to be. I need to be completely involved uh, defensively. Not that they need my help, but that's, um, that's what I know. That's how I got to this position. And I think a year ago uh, was certainly uh, involved, but not to the depth that I think that I felt like I needed to be, you know, after evaluating all of it. So uh, it's going to be a collective thing, just like every other defensive staff I've ever been a part, you know, the success uh, and decisions, uh, you know, it will be collective, uh, a collective effort. And uh, everybody has their role, but um, this is something that I feel like that's one area that I know I, without question, I can do a good job of, of um, uh, just being another uh, a voice, another mind, and another body, an able body to to help out. You know, there's this, there's this take in in the NFL game where you have guys like Jonathan Gannon, who's going to Arizona, Josh McDaniels, who went to Vegas over the last couple of years, these gurus of what they do, right? Gannon defense, 
McDaniel's offense, Shane Steichen, offensive guru, is going to take over to Indy. And the whole I, I think about a Super Bowl champion two times now, Mr. Andy Reid. Andy Reid, right, to where when you go and you, you take over as a head coach, you still do what got you the job, right? You still call the offense or call the defense. Now, some coaches like to have that more CEO role. David with this conversation he had to leave the studio I'm just this is nerdy stuff I'm sorry Dave but any anyway, I'm not trying to compare the NFL to the college football game but I I listen a lot to John Middlecoff and he was bringing this up this morning it's like it doesn't make a lot of sense if you're you know a defensive coordinator who's shutting people down and then you take a job in the NFL and you hire a defensive coordinator to call the plays right college is a much different world Right, you, So if you're like, well, he's a defensive coordinator when he came here, and that's what made him great, so he better go be a defensive coordinator. You can't make those comparisons, right? Because there's so much more that goes into being a college coach than just calling the defense, right? There is a lot that goes into it, recruiting nonstop. Well, you're a big part of the roster construction, whereas in the National Football League, you, in some cases you are, mm-hmm. but not in every case. But I think – I don't think this is – speaking out of turn or anything of that nature. But I felt like Brent was really involved with the defense on game day, like really involved. So when I heard that yesterday, and I just know this by watching with my eyes when he's over in the huddle and, and man, when he gets that dry erase board out, I don't know if there's anyone better. It's awesome to see. But to me, that's what he meant by kind of being involved. In other words, that's great that I can be there at game day and point it out, but I want to be there nonstop. I want to be there. This is what I do. This is what I know. As he said, I could kind of give – no, no, you could give your entire eye and mindset there and what you're best at, you're spending your most time. Don't worry about trying to become a CEO coach. You know, go, go be the defensive coordinator. And I think part of it too is – a. Trust in three guys. I think that there is a lot of trust in Jeff Lebby. I think there's a lot of trust in Matt Wells. And I think there's a lot of trust now in Seth Luttrell. So you've got a couple of guys that if you're going to, which we saw a lot last year, right? He'd be all in on defense and over in the huddles and it'd be the offensive show with Jeff Lebby. And maybe Matt Wells taking care of some of those responsibilities when need be, not call plays or anything. I just mean when it comes to, you know, any any kind of head coach calls. I think a comfort in that and also a second year, well, then, it's, then the defense not being very good, I think that adds to that urgency of, or at least that feeling that, all right, I can't do what I want to do with what my specialty is if I'm only involved at this point or to this degree. I'm going to be in – Let's go. Starting Monday, starting Tuesday, whatever their plan looks like. Beyond just grain tape on Sunday, you know, it's going to be, I'm going to be nonstop. I'm not going to, I'm still going to be the head coach and I'm still going to do everything that goes with being a head coach, but I'm going to be more involved in the week leading up. Does that that make sense? Where he was always involved on game day, right? But Josh, now it becomes kind of involved, kind of being involved isn't being involved. And I think to me, some people read that as, oh, he's calling the defense. Well, I'm, I think there might have been some moments where he was anyway. 
I think now it becomes, all right, I can't just jump in there like I had. And not to say he wasn't as involved last year, Josh. I'm trying to say I don't think this is about Brent Venable suddenly becoming the play caller on defense. That is a long way to say I think that it's something that he's been doing. I think this is more about the Sunday to Saturday of it in a lot of ways. And that totally makes sense. Will he be calling all the defensive plays? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, Will know. he? What do you think? He might be. Because uh, I think he's had a ton of input there. And Ted Roof, uh, what, on Monday was sort of asked that exact question. And he he kind of danced around it to say that, I mean, no, Brent Vittables is not calling all the plays. But if Brent Vittables wants to call a play, Brent Vittables is going right. to call a play. Just that was one takeaway. Can I play one more before we get to Coach T? You may. All right. This was boy. Uh, James Hale asked the question that got the answer, which I loved. And you knew what button to push, James. He asked the special teams question. Coach was just gushing. Want to talk about that? Um, a lot of individual players that were talked about: Reg Pearson, Justin Harrington, and understandably so. But I thought Eric Bailey asked a fantastic question. And it's something that we've seen bear out so far this year. What, you know, changes from year one to year two on that recruiting side? In other words, you know, now you're seeing, not as if they weren't doing well in recruiting before, but it's like other level stuff. And what does he see? What is that? Does a focus change? What kind of really takes off in that year two or three? Again, I think it's, I think year two and year three, uh, you know, to your uh, question is is about development with players that you do have and uh, creating credibility uh, with that and that allows you to recruit better players uh, develop relationships show a you know body of work that uh, is worthy of you know, the attention uh, of recruits and but as you you know the story you've already watched the movie here at, at Oklahoma uh, and what we were able to to build, and then again, uh, to a certain degree, uh, took a young roster uh, at Clemson, and uh, with some early success, uh, was able to we were able to recruit uh, at a pretty good level. And again, a few five star type guys, uh, but many uh, three star type guys that uh, became exceptional players. And I think evaluation process is critical uh, and that we we don't recruit off the top ranking list. That's not where we start at all. Um, and, you know, we really try to utilize our camp as an opportunity to evaluate. We don't run a combine. We don't run 40s. We don't measure them. Don't put them on a scale. We, we do football and uh, try to evaluate people. And that's a big part of all of it, you know, is finding, you know, the most talented guys that also are uh, great leaders and guys that love the, the game and love the work and uh, uh, have a sense of maturity to them and have a good support system, all those kind of things. So, sorry, year two and three, you can start saying, hey, if I go there, I can be that. That's, that's what I can be. Coach T, what a way to wrap up 
this segment. What's going on, Hi, Coach Steve? How are you, man? How are you doing? I'm enjoying I'm wonderful. That. I'm wonderful. God is <laughs> right good. Soon. Life is good. Everything's good. That's good to hear, man. That's good to and, hear. Uh, hey, have you been to the movie The Hill? You need to go see that. Is it scary? No, it's about the baseball. True right. story about the guy in Texas in 1975. Okay. Dennis Quaid is in it. You need to go see a true story. Didn't Dennis Quaid already went, play a pitcher? Or uh, is... Yeah, that rookie deal, but he's not the pitcher in this. Okay. This is his, this is his son. His son went to the Montreal Expos or this story. Okay. You need to go see that. It's really good. And uh, I saw Gran Turismo, too. That's really good also. Do you know That's what? that race movie. Coach T, I think we need to give you your own movie review segment. Do you see enough movies I, where this could happen? Or I go, I go every weekend. Every weekend. Oh, I have a, I have a topical question for you, Coach T. This okay. is they're very interesting. One of the big stories is that ESPN and the ACC have some sort of an agreement with one of the theater companies, and they're going to put games in movie theaters. Not, like, played in there, but they're going to show them in the movie yeah, theaters. That's right, yeah. And they're doing it with the national championship game and the four-team playoff. Do you think that's a good idea? Would you go to the theaters to watch a football game? No. <laughs> no, I don't want to go to the for the short and, answer. And nothing is, I don't like ESPN anymore. I just don't like them. Uh, they got rid of Shea Seal, and they got rid of a lot of good people on their station. I so I don't you. really care about ESPN. I don't blame Okay, the that. next thing, next thing, the, I want to talk about the Ryder Cup, since I play a lot of golf. The, okay, well, you know, Josh is here as the co-host of the Give Me Zone uh, on Saturday mornings. What you got on the Ryder Cup? Josh is ready. Well, I, I'm a, I'm getting a European hat because I ain't rooting for U.S., <laughs> Because uh, Justin Thomas didn't deserve to be on that team. He didn't deserve to be on He had a horrible year. You had Lucius Glover and Keegan Bradley should have been on that team. But this is a good old boy deal, so we got to give it to Justin Thomas anyway. And I hope they get their butt handed to him. I hope Victor Hovland and Rory and all them just smoke them. Because I just, you, you know, they get the best players of the European. But United States goes the good old boy system. And we got to put Justin Thomas on there. And he didn't deserve it, and I really don't know if Speech deserved it. Oh. But, I mean, Keegan Bradley wins tournaments. Uh, Lucius Glover won two tournaments. And then you got Cameron Young. All three of those guys are better than those two players. But it's a good old system and a good old boy system because they didn't want Lucius Glover. They didn't want Keegan Bradley. So I hope European wears them out. Wow. Kind of like the U.S. soccer team. I didn't like them either. So do you even that's like where Am- I'm at. Do you like America, Coach T? <laughs> yes, I like them. No, okay. not with who's running our country. I don't like okay. it. Okay, all right. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks Coach T. Have, Have an a awesome wonderful day. morning. Hey, see ya. Hey, one thing else. Uh-oh. One thing else. OU's going to go 12-1. and one. You wait and see. They are coming to, to NCAA football again, and I can't wait to be there Saturday, and I hope it's 110 degrees. <laughs> Have a good day. Bye. Wow. Uh, a lot to dissect there. Okay, where do you want to start? <laughs> well, we well let's talk a- about Binomics. Now, I- <laughs> yes, please. Uh, Justin Thomas, lightning rod deal. Hasn't played well. He's correct about that. And, uh, you know, we're just going to see. It, it's one of those things to where if the United States loses this deal and it's close mm-hmm. and Justin Thomas plays poorly, Zach Johnson will get crushed. Right. right? But if they go win it and he plays well – 
Justin Thomas has a nice international record, so I see both sides of the argument. I probably would have myself gone a different direction, but Justin Thomas is well-liked by the team, and uh, he has a terrific international record. So it's it's not like it's uh, – there's reasons to select Justin Thomas. We're going to talk high school football next. <laughs> yeah, that's right. What, what, a, what segue, a segue, huh? That's what we do around here. Why do you think I'm on shows? I can segue like that. It's a plank show on The Ref. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. Uh, oh, sorry. My bad. Switch. Look, I did. My bad. It's a plank show on the ref. Hour two brought to you by Allison Insurance. We go straight to the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. Uh, I apologize, Coach Justin Jones. We're running a few minutes late, but grateful for your time. Game week. I know you're going to talk a lot. I mean, a lot to Josh Helmer uh, over the next couple of hours, but we're pumped you still found time for us. How you feeling heading into the season? Feel good about way things, uh, way prep's gone? Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's always an exciting time of year. It, it's great to be back on the field. You know, it's still been a, a little bit unusual uh, with heat policies. I think uh, uh, Monday was our first afternoon practice of the year. So, um, been a little bit of change, but uh, it's been great. Uh, our guys have, have really uh, done a great job in their preparation all summer. And so, uh, football's a fun game, and uh, we're, we're going to do it. So, I have a lot of friends that I debate surviving the heat with. And I'm curious if you buy into this theory. As long as you're in the heat all day long, it doesn't really affect you that much, which I think is crazy. But in all seriousness, hydration, 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 right? That's what we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, we we tell our guys all the time, uh, you know, take your gallon of uh, jug of water and take it everywhere you go with you. But uh, I I, I agree. I I think uh, Hmm. the more you're in the heat, uh, the better it becomes. But obviously the the scientists and the doctors are a lot smarter than me, so we follow our – protocols and obviously want to maintain a safe environment for our players but uh you know it, it's uh it's been good and, and our kids have navigated it well well while it might have thrown a couple of curveballs to you coach i know you guys have handled it in a professional way and it's uh, it's going to be a different look for norman north this season under center and with some of the skill guys so how is all of that shaping up for you at quarterback and uh, at the skill positions outside catching the football well, you know, I, th- I think for us, is it, it's excitement. It's, it's some new new names and new faces in, in uh, these new positions. And, you know, really the last two years had relied on, on, a, on a ton of experience offensively. And so uh, we've had some good battles uh, across the board at the offensive skill. Um, and, and so uh, we're excited about that. You know, but the good thing for me and kind of the, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the calming to our offense is the fact that our offensive line is back uh, with Harrison Utley and Kaysen Lee at the tackles, Eric McMullen back at, at center, and then uh, Cooper Visick, who's got some uh, playing time back at guard, and Landon Collier uh, as well, who has playing time. And so, you know, if I had to, uh, you know, kind of trade some things around and you had to say, what do you want to be most experienced at? You know, obviously it's going to be the offensive line and quarterback position, but uh, feel good that our offensive line uh, has that experience and have been able to operate in game mode. Uh, several times, and so we'll lean on those guys. And then, you know, when you look at the skill positions, um, Owen Eshelman, um, who who had a quarterback battle with Lee Turnipseed before uh, he left, will we'll take over as the uh, starting quarterback. Uh, has a game under his belt as a starter there in the playoff game last year against Owasso and played really well. And so, 
um, you know, he'll, he'll be able to command the ship. And, uh, you know, and then the skill positions uh, return uh, Zane Prater, who, who's got some experience. And then um, we've got a, another athlete that uh, played for us last year as a, as a DB, as a true freshman uh, in Mason James that will come over and play um, a variety of spots uh, at receiver as well. And then, you know, obviously got to replace, uh, um, you know, those, those really skilled receivers from last year. But then, you know, also a running back that played for us for four years. And so, um, you know, running back has, has been, uh, you know, kind of by committee here. But uh, Will Lundquist has done a great job. Latrell Williams also. Um, and so for those guys, uh, we, we feel like we have the talent. It's just about getting the experience and the game reps and uh, reacting in those situations that you replicate as much as you can in practice. But until you get into a game night, uh, there's just no substitute for the experience. What experience, right? Josh was talking about a, a lot of new guys. For a coach, how exciting is that where you see things in practice and it's, okay, they're, they're prepared, I've got them ready, and you want to see these young guys and these newcomers and the lights come on. I'm sure it's nerve-wracking, but it's got to be exciting too. Oh, it, it absolutely is exciting. And that's for us, you know, as a, as a staff. I, you know, I, I think we, we know the potential of the guys out there. Um, it's just seeing which guy's going to really shine underneath the lights. And uh, we have our ideas of who they're going to be. But, uh, you know, until they can do that, until they can earn it, um, you know, there, there's a little bit of, of, I wouldn't say anxiety, but a little bit of trepidation of just looking out and, and uh, seeing those guys. And, um, you know, they operate well, but can they do it underneath the lights? It's a totally different thing. From our conversations uh, even, uh, you know, a couple of months ago in the summer when we're working on a preview magazine, I know one of the names that you were excited about was Luke Freeland. What can you share with us about him, and what does he bring to the table for you? You know, Luke is a guy that, uh, man, I've been blown away with his growth and the tremendous progress that he's made. Um, he's really a, a hybrid tight end. Uh, he, he's a guy that can uh, play in the box uh, as kind of a fullback. He's a guy that can uh, get down with the offensive line and be an attached uh, tight end, but he's also a guy that we can flex out. And uh, so he does a lot of different things for us. He's got great skills. He, he's a great athlete. He's extremely intelligent, um, but but he plays extremely hard. Uh, really happy with, with – uh, you know, his catch radius uh, in, in his hands. Uh, but then what he was able to do in some of our summer sessions at team camp and 7-on-7 and some of the catches that he made uh, were really, really good. And so we're really excited about him. Um, he, he's really brought a physical uh, presence to his game um, that I think that, uh, you know, we really wanted him to do, and, and he's done that. And so uh, he's poised for a breakout year, and, and we're excited to see what he can do. Defensively, I know you love defensive football, Coach. What are you looking forward to on that side of the uh, equation for you? Well, you know, defensively, I, you know, this is uh, it, it's been um, a long time coming. We, we, we've got nine guys that uh, have significant experience, eight of those guys that are starters. And so um, we're going to really lean on those guys. Those guys uh, have done an, an outstanding job at this point uh, of understanding not only our defense, but understanding what we're trying to do. Uh, in different situations and in pressure packages and in cover packages. And so uh, we're, we're, we've been a little bit uh, more complex than maybe what we've been to this point, but our guys are really answering that call. And, you know, the thing I love about our defense, it's not about one guy. It's about the, the entirety in each uh, of the 11 guys doing their 111th, and our guys have really bought into that. But, uh, you know, I think for us, um, you know, when you look at key guys, uh, Carver Rogers is back as an outside linebacker who had an outstanding year last year. Um, a, another newcomer that uh, uh, was hurt a little bit last year, but uh, has really had a great uh, fall camp in, in spring is Tate Johnson, the other outside linebacker. 
Um, and then up front, um, you know, have made some changes there and just moved some people around. They had experience, but put them in what we thought were more natural positions. And, uh, you know, up front, uh, Finn Smith, Isaac Morgan, and, and Garrison Utley, um, you know, have a chance uh, if they'll continue to do what the, what they're doing to be one of the best D lines that I've coached. And so uh, really happy with those guys up front. And then obviously in our secondary, um, you know, really happy with, with, with a number of guys. But uh, Elias Battle, who, who's kind of our hybrid and will play the safety and the corner position. Um, Camden Pratcher, who's a, who's a long jump state champion uh, track guy. Um, just absolutely uh, a pure athlete uh, that can run. Uh, he's very long, um, understands how to play football at a high level. Uh, he'll also do some kicking for us. And so uh, just really excited about uh, what, what we're going to be able to do defensively. We're excited about our partnership with Norman North Football again here in 2023. Uh, we've got all the games, KRSSports.tv, 99.3 FM, 1400 AM. Coach, we'll let you go on this. Having the Crosstown Clash back at Owen Field, what's that mean to you? What's that mean for this team? Well, for our kids, it's, it's an unbelievable experience uh, for them to be able to run out uh, on that field that, uh, you know, a lot of these Norman kids grow up. Uh, that's their dream. And to have that opportunity, um, you know, there's a lot of that goes into it. Uh, you know, number one, our district administration being able to uh, to help us with that. And then obviously both booster clubs from uh, Norman High and from, uh, you know, Norman North. And then obviously the title sponsorship helped as well. And so, um, you know, it's a uh, it's a logistical nightmare from a coaching standpoint, but uh, from a playing standpoint uh, and from an experience standpoint, uh, you know, it's second to none, uh, maybe right there with some of the state championships that we've been fortunate to play in. And so uh, it's going to be a great experience for our guys. Um, you know, for us, it's just not uh, not letting the game be bigger than what it needs to be uh, to enjoy the experience. But, uh, you know, you got to go play the game. And, uh, you know, our guys can't get caught up in, in all the uh, glitz and glamour. We've got to go uh, play physical football. Can't wait. Coach, uh, thank you so much for your time. Coach's show tonight, and then we'll be following along tomorrow. Best of luck. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Justin Jones. It's your boy, right? That's my man right there, Norman North head football coach Justin Jones. One of the good guys in the uh, business, no doubt. How late am I to the party that literally you telling me three minutes ago? At Owen Field, and he he mentioned uh, title sponsor Cavens Group has uh, has Get stepped scary. up for the the title partnership here, and uh, I mean we talk all the time, right? Every Thursday, being right. out of Cavens Group about what they do for the Norman community, and really just the state of Oklahoma, and, and here again to provide this opportunity through that that sponsorship for these kids to get to play at OU's. It's just awesome. Gary, I know what we're talking about tomorrow, buddy. Let's go. Crosstown Clash presented by Cavens Group. But, um, yeah, I had no idea it was back at Owen. Did, is Teddy okay with this? <laughs> uh, don't ask Teddy. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. Whenever I, I was out there yesterday, they were practicing on the – not the rugby practice fields, but the south end zone practice fields. And I uh, – Jason – Ferris is an absolute magician. All I wanted, Josh, all I wanted was either my nine iron or maybe my seven. Oh, no, hold on, hold on. Maybe my sand wedge. Yeah. Just to put a ball on that and just lift it. That turf is unbelievable, man. Immaculate. 
I wonder if he's happy with it. You know what? I bet he is. Hey, I'm ready to mow. I'm just going to tell you guys right now, Jason, I am a pro mower, and I work on my own equipment. Now, I don't think you want me bringing my mower, but I am down if you ever need somebody on a quick turnaround to jump on the old zero turn and trim things up. Just saying. When my luck would be <laughs> my luck I'd be like drop the blade too low no 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 nightmare scenarios please cross on clash back at Owen Field krefsports.tv and on our flagship in Norman 1499.3 FM it's the ref like these 90s classics making their way back through well done Josh keep it alive uh, let's see I felt like there was something that just oh no no Deion Sanders is Trying to say culture doesn't matter, which I find to be incredibly fascinating. <laughs> Dion is a uh, fascinating guy, isn't he? It, it, Sean had sent me a list off the 24-7 sports rankings of the composite overall rankings. Unfortunately, the commissioner of my fantasy football league has sent his group text out to the 16 freaking members that are in our league and that he needs everyone's email. So now my phone is just nonstop buzzing with people's email address. Isn't 16 too many? Way too many. 12 is the perfect number, right? I'm drafting all backups. But Sean's point was a good one. Here's the ranking you want to be on and large sample size. The top 25 of the biggest brands in college football. Surveying 1,000 high school football players last year on brand strength. Oklahoma checked in at number four. Bama one, Ohio State two, Georgia three, Oklahoma four. That's pretty awesome. Not too shabby. Yeah, not too shabby at all. Uh, From the 405 real quick before we hit the top five stories of the day. Dylan Gabriel is certainly OU's QB1, but will Jackson Arnold play Saturday and how early? I'm guessing mop-up. Only if the game goes as expected, any creative plays with him will be held for later games. I have a theory on that next. And it's not just me making something up. I feel good about this. I crafted this take. I talked to people about it. We'll dive into it next on The Ref.